It has been a strange few days in the boxing world. Spence and Crawford not happening. Tank and Ryan might be happening. There's a new streaming service throwing around insane money. So it's pretty clear we need Jake Paul to come stabilize the boxing world. Let's talk about it. It's another edition of Inside Boxing Live. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of Inside Boxing Live, a production of John Boy Media. I am Dan Canobio, alongside former world champion, mustacheless Chris Algieri, superstar producer Ronnie Jerez in the corner. Chris, how are you, man? Uh, don't have the mustache anymore. I didn't recognize you when you hopped on the Zoom. How's everything going in sunny Florida? Going great, going great. I still got to work on my tan a little bit, but... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, the mustache will be back. Don't don't fret. But I got a wedding this weekend. I got I got to look more presentable. Right, you can't show up to a wedding with family members you haven't seen in a while. Other people that don't know you. Was that the boxing guy? Oh, he's got a mustache now. Oh man, what's going on with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I go go true to form for this one. And Ronnie, my friend, um, last week uh, we talked about the best boxing movies. Now the Yankees are out. Yeah, World Series this week. Who cares? Um, go Phillies. We need you now. I have come up with an idea. We need you to watch Rocky. Yeah. One Rocky a week. Okay. And then you come in the following week, you give us your thoughts on it. Are you down for that? Okay. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Um, Ronnie, my friend, next uh, week, week, I'll uh, watch Rocky. This week, I'll watch Rocky 1, probably with my girlfriend. You know, I'll just pop it in. Yeah, pop it in. Just pop it in. Um, and I'll just <laughs> give it an honest review from uh, semi- casual boxing fan looking at it with fresh eyes yeah there we go so yeah that'd be kind of cool start with rocky one you can probably this will probably take you like eight weeks get you right into the spring right into opening day well, i think baseball. i think we should do a watch party for rocky four. Ooh. because rocky one because rocky one you got to watch on your own you got like your first your first experience your first step into the rocky realm do it on your own do it in silence come back report then start going through the other yeah. rockies and then rocky four which is Probably, I think the most fun one to watch. Yeah. Right. We 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 can do a watch party for that one. And have a good old, good old time. I was okay. trying to figure out a time to get you back here at the office, Chris, because I've been talking about a boxing combine and it's getting people jazzed up here, where we rent out a gym and we have you, um, you know, teach us the, you know, the, uh, you know, the I can't even get the heavy bag. Yeah, Speed punching bag, bags, basics, agility. Yeah, yeah. Take us uh -huh. through. We get six or seven of us. You know, the best JM's finest, all shapes and sizes. We go to a gym. And you take us through the rigors, and at the end, the whoever wins gets to step into the ring with you for three minutes and see how they can fare. I absolutely love this. Yeah. So we're gonna get you here. <laughs> we're gonna do a Rocky Watch party. We're gonna do the combine. We'll do a few live shows here at the stu at the office. So we'll talk when we're off air. About it'll how we it'll get be you back. Boxing Week. That would be so sick. Everyone's excited about it, too. Like, Jake, uh, you haven't met Jake yet. He's the VP of fun here. He's the partner of John Boy. He wants to get v into the ring. VP of fun? Yeah. He, he founded the company alongside the John Boy. So he wants to get into the ring. He's been itching to get in the ring with Ryan Garcia. He's been calling him out. But oh. maybe, like, he'll have oh, to get wow. in there with, with Algeri. And then – so we got to make that happen sometime. Maybe December. Get you down to New York. Okay. That works. I love, I love New York in December, so. <laughs> All right, we got yeah. New York December is a beautiful time. Yeah. Renee Box Young mm -hmm. says, "Hey Dan and Chris, uh, itching to see Loma in the ring. That sounds great uh, from Pidge. Maybe that's like the sound. The sound sounds great, Ronnie. So great job hey, there. I just just want to do my job. Yes, 
So we're, we're off to a flying start here. Uh, what a weird week, Chris. Um, headlines have been all over the place in the boxing world. Uh, last week, Spence Crawford decided that, hey, we're not going to fight. <laughs> we don't we don't need to fight. Um, I went off. I was broken. I did a, a video right away, right when I saw the news. The Yankees had just lost, so I was extra sad, too. And, uh, yeah, I want to get your thoughts on it, Chris. Like, obviously, things have simmered down a little bit in terms of, like, you know, the initial reaction to it. And now we're kind of seeing more stuff come out. And right after it happened, I said, you know what? Both sides are to blame. And people are giving me flack, saying, you're both sides in this. This is clearly Crawford's side that, that didn't want to do it. Look, he had a fight already lined up at David Avizian. And maybe I'll, I'll, I'll change it up a tiny bit. Fans don't care who's to blame. They just want to see the fight happen. There are very few hardcore fans out there that care about the negotiations, this, that, and the other. But you, Chris, as a former fighter who has been in negotiating table, who has been at the negotiating table with PBC for fights with Errol Spence, what was your initial reaction to this fight not happening? And you've been in negotiating rooms. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised. And and just like you said, the fans don't care whose fault it is. I'm the same way. At the end of the day, we don't get the fight. Um, We don't get it now. Do we get it ever? I feel like we will based on the fighters. Cause if two fighters want to fight there's very little I can stand in their way. You know, we always say like, Oh, there are different, different sides of the street. They can't make that. That's kind of bullshit. You can make a fight fight happen. If you, if both guys want the fight, I think both guys need this fight. I think Crawford needs it a lot more than Spence does. Um, it definitely seems like Spence, you know, was, was all in for the fight. I know you're saying like, it, it probably is both sides. I, you know, I think I can agree with that. Um, but there were some things that, that Crawford did say, stipulating in terms of the, the full transparency from the opposite promoter that's kind of a cop-out because that's something you're not going to get that's not you know the, and anyone who's in the inside of boxing the business understands that but um yeah I, I don't know i don't know who's to blame i i think that ultimately both guys want them i've talked to crawford face to face he's been tall for this fight for years and um i i would imagine spence is the same way but either way, this is this is a bummer, and it's a blow to boxing to, to close out the year. It's a big blow. You're right, Chris. It's a huge yeah. blow. This is a fight. I right away I said, you know, boxing fans mistreated constantly. You know, the fights, the biggest fights, rarely get made on time, if at ever. We were told this yeah. fight was going to happen November 19th. We should be gearing up, be talking about oh next week or in two weeks, whatever it is. We're going to be talking about Errol Spence and Terence Crawford, and we're not getting it. And it's just, it's just too much, man. It's just too much to handle these days with all these rumors uh, circulating around with Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence. You know, it's, it's, it, it gets everybody salivating, and then you, you're pulling the steak away right before you get the chomp down on You know, and it really, that really sucks. There's only so many times you can do that to a fan where they just stop coming back. You know, this was like a Sugar Ray Leonard, Thomas Hearns type fight. Like, we've got guys in their primes meeting. They're, they're the top of the division. They need to unify, which is another thing. We're seeing a lot more unifications these days, which is awesome. But these guys just aren't fighting. We need these young guys to fight like they did in the past. In the 80s, these guys were fighting before they were 25. They were world champions, and they were fighting each other. O's were going. Uh, we got to stop protecting these these young guys. Crawford offered $10 million to fight on BLK Prime streaming service, Chris. Thoughts? I don't blame Crawford for taking that. But is it real, and, though? Is that real money? <sighs> they just signed Adrian <laughs> Broner, too. Is, is the money ever real in boxing? I mean, uh, it's, it's, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But, um, yeah, 10 million to fight. You know, listen, David, Abed, uh, I don't know how to say his name. Avedisanian. He's, uh, uh, he's a tough. Bob Aaron didn't know how to say his name either. David Avizian. Avizian. Okay. Tough guy. Very good fighter. Um, definitely not a walkover, but just different levels there. But, man, 10 million to fight that guy? 
Hey, I, I listen I, exactly. So that's the reason why a lot of people were hopping all over Crawford. It's like, listen, you know, Espinosa and their side said we were blindsided by this because earlier that day, Dan Rayfield reported that the fight's happening. If it does happen, it's going to happen uh, February fourth. And I trust Dan Rayfield, very good reporter. And that was what yeah, very Showtime said. Showtime and and their side handed over the the um, contract to Crawford and said, here it is, February fourth. Here's everything you wanted. We upped your your pay. Right, there's rumors out there that that Crawford asked for 22 million. That's absurd. Uh, but they upped the pay and they said, here it is. And then next thing you know, Crawford announces this fight with Avizian, which, as you know, Chris, fights just don't happen overnight. That Avizian offer was on the table for a while, so they were blindsided by it too. That's why I think Crawford's side is to blame. Also, I think Spence's side is to blame because they have all of the. Uh, the the network on their side, they have three of the belts on their side. Get it done. Like Steven Espinosa has made big fights. Like he is a great executive, and when it comes to mega fights, you know Pacquiao, uh, Mayweather, he helped with that. You know, uh, you know Mayweather, McGregor, go up and down the list. I was a little shocked that they couldn't, you know, hammer it out. But both sides are to blame. I, I I'm sticking with that. A lot of fans don't care. So we're not getting that fight, and I feel bad for the other guys at 147 that have been sitting around waiting. Amanda Stanionis, uh, Boots Ennis, uh, Virgil Ortiz. And this is another thing, too, is like now because of this fight not happening, Spence is now negotiating with Stanionis. Uh, he's got Virgil Ortiz as a mandatory. He's got Boots as a mandatory. Those are really tough fights for a fraction of the pay. Yeah, not that I don't want to see those fights. It's just they pale in comparison to the matchup with Crawford. Uh, they're good fights. They're tough young guys. Like you said, those are not easy fights by any means. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lot more danger for a lot less pay. And again, it, it pairs in comparison to, to the Crawford matchup. And I just, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not excited about those, those fights. That's the biggest boxing news of the week. Uh, BLK prime. Uh, you know, we got some, some, these Twitter accounts, um, investigating who they are and who runs it, where they have the money to give Crawford 10 million, uh, reports of, of Crawford getting wired half the money. Uh, they signed Adrian Broner too. There was the BLK prime press conference. There was an empty table with a like wrinkled, uh, stanchion behind it, uh, empty chair. And then all of a sudden Broner <laughs> is on in the chair and he says he's going to fight Three times in 12 months. And keep in mind, I pulled this up. Broner fought, has fought once in the last 45 months. And how many times has he fought in the last three years total? Has he fought three times in three years? I don't I even mean, think so. His, the, he's had the Pacquiao fight in in January of 2019. And then he took a long time off and fought Giovanni Santiago. That's two fights in 45 months for Broner. I mean, yeah, so no, he hasn't he hasn't fought three fight three fights in three years. Let alone now he's gonna fight three fights in one year. Yeah. and he couldn't he couldn't make it to through the training camp for the last fight. So. Right, but he <laughs> pulled out that fight. Yeah, he pulled out that fight to and people say, oh, he pulled out that fight to sign with BLK Prime. They have now Crawford. They have Broner. There's thought you know talks of other fighters hopping over to them. They're the money. That's always happens, right? We see this all the time, Chris. These guys, these yep. streaming services come out of nowhere. These entities come out of nowhere. Sometimes they're established ones like Rock Nation Sports, and they throw crazy money. And we thought there was a market correction in the sport after what the Zone and Matchroom did, and now here comes BLK Prime throwing buckets of money at guy like Terence Crawford, who is, as we've seen, not the best ticket seller, not the best. People don't really care about his fights unless he's in there with a someone worth it. Yeah, uh, speaking to the, the you know the new kid on the block with the money. I, listen, I've always made money when these things happen. Whenever these kind of these opportunities come up, these these new 
guys who are throwing money around, I've always been able to jump on them and make money and make. Uh, so I'm I'm all for it in terms of you know fighters getting paid. Of course. But um, yeah, you just you just got to be in the right place at the right time and and but I think ultimately it it, it hurts the sport, helps the fighter. Yeah. But you know you got these these big these big signings and these big paydays and now these guys are expecting this and then you you don't see them in the ring again because they're they're holding out for the big money. This whole thing, this whole uh, Spence Crawford saga has turned me into a UFC fan now. I'm a casual UFC guy now. I made an announcement on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to the fight November 12th at Madison Square Garden. You're welcome to come, Chris, if you'd like. Israel Adesanya, Dustin mm. Poirier, Michael Chandler. I took a look at the card. I, I recognize those names. Those guys get in the cage, and they lay it all out on the line. That's actually a great card. And they. I feel like they always save the really good cards for the garden because yeah. it's the garden, and they know they're coming into into the big house. And they're also coming into boxing's backyard. So they, they better they better come come correct. And the Chandler Poirier fight's awesome. I've known both guys for a long time. I sparred with Dustin Poirier a handful of times. Uh, I've, I've known Mike for probably 10 years. Great fight. Adesanya, I've known him from his kickboxing days. Stuck. He is. I think he's the best striker in the game today. Uh, but he's fighting Pereira, who knocked him cold when they fought in kickboxing. Yeah. Pereira, even even in MMA, in the cage, he <clears> is <throat> icing guys. He is a dangerous, dangerous man. So uh, it's a good card. It's a good card. Yeah, but I'll be there. I'm, be there. Bro, I'm, not, I'm not leaving boxing yet. No, right? no, no. <laughs> you, no. You, <laughs> uh, this is like half a bit, like half, like, I, I really am like interested in, in UFC. I'm going to check yeah, out you, a few of the events. You're just bitter. You're just bitter right now. Right. It was I just like, it. you know what? Like, if you're not going to give me what I want, I'll find someone else that will. Ooh. Mm. Right, Ronnie? <laughs> what do you mean? My man Dan's stepping out. <laughs> stepping, He's stepping out. out on boxing. I really am. I had enough. I'm about to. I'm about to step out on boxing. What have you done for me lately? What have you, like, nothing. Dan, Dan, Dan said, "All right, you gonna treat me like that, sweetie? All right, I'm gonna. I'll see you at the club." That's really what it was. Like the first six months of this year, you were great. We were. All, we had a great time. We were having great weekends every weekend. We're seeing Roll, great. Rolling into the fall, we were looking good right. for boxing this year. Spence I mean, it has tumbled fast. But I will say November's looking good. I'm not going to like go full. I'm the positive guy, and, and that's why I'm so broke and hurt right now. I'm the positive boxing guy in the media. People tell me, oh, you're way too positive. Like you, you, it's, You're eventually going to get broken down. But there are some still some good ones. Bur uh, Zerto and Ramirez, November 5th. Uh, Zepeda, Progray. Um, there's some good, good fights this weekend too. Before we get into the fights this weekend, we got to tell you about our friends at DraftKings. Of course, they are a sponsor of the show. Jake Paul is putting his undefeated status on the line yet again. This time, he is looking to take down one of MMA's all-time greats, Chris's friend, Anderson Silva. Today's video sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, is giving customers a great deal. Listen to this: this Saturday, new customers sign up using promo code Boxing. You bet $5 on either fighter to win. That's it. $5, and you get $200 in free bets if your bet wins. I'll have my pick in just a little bit. Everyone waiting on bated breath for Dan Canobio's big same-game parlay. I'm hot with the same-game parlays. Uh, that's an additional $200 in free bets. If you in your pocket, pre-fight wager of $5 or more on a fighter, uh, to, to win the fight. He won even more action, football and basketball in full swing. My Giants can't lose. My Knicks can't lose. I'm winning the against the spread league too. I won that last week, so I'm, I'm still in play to go to the Super Bowl. Create some same-game parlays to increase your potential payout. For those in a state where mobile sports betting is not yet available, DraftKings Daily Fantasy is giving uh, all sports fans a chance to uh, cash out uh, this weekend. Of course, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash uh, whatever you want. So go 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code BOXING, $5 on either fighter to win. Get $200 in free bets. That's code BOXING. This Saturday night, we're going to have our eyes glued on all the fights uh, over at, at DraftKings. Makes it a lot more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. My same game parlay this weekend. I'll get to it quick, then we'll get into the other headlines. I'm picking Jake Paul uh, by KO, TKO, or DQ. You can get that at plus 190. I'm not gonna, I'll give you the reason why later in the show, but that's my first leg. Plus 190, Jake Paul, KO. You can th- give me the thumbs down all you want, Chris. And then uh, Zepeda money line. Zepeda to beat Jojo Diaz minus 175. That's my same game parlay uh, for this Saturday. We have our fight previews um, coming up. But first, new segment rolling out. Headlines. We have some music too. Da-da-da-da. Headlines. Ronnie's going to read out some of the ridiculous headlines this week. BoxingScene.com headline writer had a had a week. Because there have been some strange stuff. So take it away, Ronnie. Read some headlines. We will react. Number one headline I got for you guys today is Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia, agreed to framework of a deal for January fight networks not resolved. Our friend Chris Mannix reported this, Chris. Um, a fight that we want to see, a fight that all boxing fans want to see, Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia, agree to framework. They agree to a catch weight of 136. Weirdest catch weight ever because there's only a pound above what they usually fight. They agreed to the money. Didn't disclose what the money is, but I'm sure Tank is making more of it. <laughs> but they did not agree on the networks. And as we know, every boxing fan out there knows that the networks are the hardest part. Ryan Garcia is entrenched with the zone. Toronto Davis is entrenched with Showtime. Boxing fans are tired of hearing about frameworks. We heard about frameworks for Spence uh, Crawford for damn near a year. Tell me when the fight's done. That's all I got to say. What do you got to yeah, say? Yeah, this is this this I'm scared. This is this is scary <laughs> in terms of, you know, this happening anytime soon, especially the way boxing has going been going lately. Uh yeah, I don't know. I you've been a lot more positive because you are the positive guy mm. in this fight actually happening at some point. I don't I don't think it's going to, especially anytime soon. But um, you know, the fact that they've already de- declared on on or discussed and came came to a, a conclusion on money, that's a big deal. But man, no network, no fight. So we got no fight. And right. That's, that's the bottom that's the bottom line. I, I like replied to the tweet. I didn't usually do this, but I was like, framework? Like we just got burned by framework. Like, give me the damn fight date. Let me book my flight so we can all be down there. You know, I got the sales team here asking me for what's the biggest fight on the remaining schedule because we want to send you to a big one. I was like, I really don't have one. <laughs> we should have went to this week. We should have went to this Jake Paul thing with him on a horse, but we're we're, we're getting we're getting sidetracked here. But but Ryan Garcia, uh, they agreed to the framework. Um, if it's true or not, I mean that's a big part of it. Big part of the the hurdle is figuring out who's the A side, B side. Uh, you know who's making the more money. One thirty six is weird to me. You know because Ryan Garcia, his last two fights were at one forty. Tank has fought at one forty. Probably wants the advantage of not fighting at one forty as a small smaller guy. One thirty six is is a weird number. Yeah, it makes no sense. I, I don't understand it. I mean, in non-title fights, 135 plus one is, is like normal. So uh, it's it, it's weird. It's strange. And I, and I don't know who that really helps. Um, I don't know if if Ryan is, is really been struggling. Obviously, it's got to be Ryan because Tank has fought as low as 130. You know, he's fought as high as 140. I don't think he gives a shit what weight class they fight in. And in terms of who's the A side who should get more money, it's 100% Tank. Tank, is, Tank has... Uh, multiple world titles he's he's done much more in the sport ryan still isn't a world champion you know he granted he's got a lot behind him in terms of numbers and people watching but 
you know, thank, thanks to the guy in terms of in terms of the boxing. Well, even if you don't want to go off just titles, Ryan Garcia, like, I mean, Tank just sells tickets. I mean, you can just see it with your yeah, eyes. Too. I mean, I, I've talked to Ryan Garcia about this. I was like, listen, man, it's not 50-50. Like, I, I like you, and you're a good kid. But Tank just he just has done more pay-per-views. He sells more tickets. So yep. don't just come to us when we have a fight date. They're talking about January. Uh, if you take a look at the January-February schedule, I'm looking way ahead. There's a lot of big fights in that schedule. So you might not be getting what you want right this second, but they're front-loading the schedule towards the beginning of 2023. Uh, so maybe we get Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia. Boxing fans are not ready to be burned. They're not ready to get hurt again. I'm one of them. I don't want to get hurt again. But if that fight gets made, I'm, I'm in there like swimwear. I can't wait for that one. Next headline, Ronnie. Next up, we have Deontay Wilder, Robert Hellenius. Pay-per-view does 75K buys, according to Dan Raphael. <laughs> That's the Yikes. face right there. Chris, take it away. Yikes, that's bad. For people who don't know, that's really bad, especially for a heavyweight, especially for for Deontay Wilder. Uh, I mean, you guys were there. There, there were butts in the seats, right? I yeah, mean, at, at the show. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's not a great. That wasn't a great. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so yeah. Okay. Um, that's tough, man. That's re- that's a really really low number, and I know it's been tough for boxing lately with with pay per view numbers, but still heavyweights, and that was a pretty decent card. And it's it's your it's Deontay Wilder. I mean, he 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 draws eyes, and he did not for that fight. That's that's not good. It should have been on on regular TV. It was going up against the Haney Cambosos fight, which was on regular ESPN. That one did over a million. Uh, I told you last week it's probably the least competitive fight. It was going to have the most eyeballs because it was on regular uh, ESPN, which a lot more more right. people have. But yeah, you're right. Wilder is should get a ton of eyeballs on him. He clearly needs a big dance partner. He, he, no one really knew who Robert Hellenius was, but it's crazy. 75K buys, and I think it was like $80 to buy it. I think it, that's like $5 million, Yikes. if my math is correct. And the guarantees for both fighters, $20 million for Wilder, a million and a half for Hellenius. So that's $21.5 million. I mean, I don't see how – you know, Fox is – It's a big loss. It's a big loss, and it's a shame because we want to see Wilder – in these big fights, but it's really going to hurt his negotiations when he goes uh, to some of these other big names like a Joshua or uh, um, some of the other names out there in Usyk. I don't think he'll fight Fury again. Uh, on to the next one, Ron. According to Eddie Hearn, Anthony Joshua's next opponent could be a rematch with Dillian White in January or February. I don't really hate this fight. Like Right away, you're like, oh, Dillian White, Joshua, they already fought. But I think this fight will tell you exactly what Anthony Joshua has left. He should knock out Dillian White. If he plays with his food and it goes the distance, you're going to say, wow, he wasn't able to stop Dillian White. I think one way or another, we'll learn a lot about Joshua. And if it happens in early, early enough in the year where he can get back into the ring in the spring or the summer, I'm not like, like I looked at it right away and I was like, oh, this fight kind of sucks. But the more I think about it, it's not that bad of a fight for Joshua. I couldn't agree more. I, I thought the exact same thing. And initially I was like, who wants to see that? And then I was like, wait a second. He's coming off the two losses. I, this is actually the, the, the game plan that I had set. Have Joshua go back to the UK, go go through those UK heavyweights, get a couple wins under your belt, then come back and look for the Fury fight. Um, but yeah, I mean, and Dillian White, Dillian White's always tough. He's always in good fights. The guy can punch, especially with the left hand. So it, it's not a, it's not a not dangerous fight, but Joshua knocked him out when they when when White was fresh yeah. and had momentum. Now he's had his chin checked several times in the past couple of years, and I mean he's he's much more of a damaged fighter. 
So if Joshua can't get rid of him this time, that's going to tell more than than not. Joshua also fought him when he was a different type of fighter. Um, yes, he yes. fought him. That when fight's he was, awesome. He was fought him when he was going after guys. Joshua, when he yeah. had not been chin checked by Klitschko already, he was uh, more on his front foot. He was throwing more power shots. Now he's completely opposite. He's throwing jabs like seventy. White cracked Joshua and hurt him in that fight. And Joshua came right back, roared back. It's a real. It's actually a really good heavyweight scrap. Their first fight. Um, I don't expect that this time, but. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it, it's a good get back fight for for Joshua, but I think how that fight ends is really gonna really gonna tell the story. They were looking at uh, Zhang. They were looking at Otto Valin. Otto Valin's I think too little too dangerous for Joshua right now. Southpaw. Yeah, that's a tough fight. It's a really tough fight. Southpaw that could. Box. Zhang is a good fight. Dude, I, I like Zhang, man. Yeah. I like watching Zhang fight. Zhang, Zhang the bang bangs. <laughs> so, He's awesome. He's great. In. And uh, shout awesome. out to our guys, the Lane brothers, the sons of the legendary referee Mills Lane. They uh, manage Zhang, and they're awesome guys right here in, in New York. They're in a good spot because he had a great showing in his last fight and uh, fighting Hergovic. Yeah. Uh, I thought he won, uh, but that's what's going I on. So too. Joshua, Dillian White, early January, not that, not that bad. So, Jake Paul, it looks like he can't stay out of the headlines. Glenn Feldman joins Eddie Hearn's $100 million defamation lawsuit against Jake Paul. Chris, are you aware of this? I am not. Okay. What is what, what is this in reference to? <laughs> Judge Glenn Feldman, obviously, um, judged the Usyk-Joshua fight, and I'm pretty sure he gave the fight to Joshua. Glenn Feldman also, yeah, uh, to say the least, he was that was the guy he was questioned by uh, the reporters. Our guy Rob Tebbit questioned him after and put the camera in his face, and he had that like spokesperson for him. Um, Glenn Feldman also judged the Serrano Taylor card and gave it to Taylor, which isn't nearly as controversial because it was a really close fight. So Jake Paul on shoots off at the lip at one of these podcasts and says, "Glenn Feldman is in the pocket of Eddie Hearn." Eddie Hearn pays him off. Eddie Hearn flies him to these fights. Eddie Hearn, blah, blah, this, that, and the other. Paying him. Things what we boxing fans have sus suspected for a long time with these judges. Uh, but Jake Paul says it, and then everyone hears it. And then now we have a $100 million defamation lawsuit. And Glenn Feldman has jumped in on it. I want some of that money. I don't want to judge ever again. <laughs> Give me some of that Jake Paul defamation money. This is, this is the situation where platform allows for this kind of shit to happen because if anybody else says that nobody cares it doesn't it doesn't mean anything but because jake has a platform and he says it um i still don't think it means anything but that's uh yeah i don't know how far this could really go but it's interesting <laughs> hopefully it doesn't mess up the serrano taylor rematch because uh katie Taylor's fighting this weekend minus six thousand favorite um I want to see her fight Serrano. Uh, Serrano wants to do some work at 126 again, and, and but that fight is them. That that's that's these two should be fighting three times, you know. So if this yeah. stops that fight from happening because they're talking about putting Katie Taylor in there with Cyborg, so they're already like floating these other names out there where it's not going to be Taylor or Serrano getting in there for a third time. But, but you know we've seen lawsuits all the time in boxing. It's a sport that has litigation, literally. All the time. But now when you have Eddie Hearn involved, when you have Jake Paul involved, you have a judge involved, corruption, it's, it's a juicy headline. Uh, CMP El Reyes, what's up, bro? He said, what's up, guys? I got some free time at work. I'm going to uh, rewatch this once I get home. Uh, just so what's up to our friend uh, CMP Reyes, one of the, our uh, best listeners. Uh, what do you got? Nice. To end off on a high note, Oscar De La Hoya donates $1 million to an L.A. hospital to help fight cancer. 
A good Bravo. one. A good headline, right? Bravo. Yeah, that's awesome. I, uh, that's, damn, that's, a, that's a lot of money, and that's a good cause. Good job, Golden Boy. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot. It means a lot to De La Hoya. I think his mother um, had breast cancer, and uh, apparently he's donated a lot to this specific hospital. He's got wings named after him and all this stuff, and you know, a big check, and, and that's awesome. It's going to be spread out over a bunch of years so they can really get to work. I love that. I mean, there's so many bad headlines. I used to do it when I, way back when I first started doing this show. I had the good hook of the week. I would end the show with a good boxing headline. Some weeks, they were pretty hard to, to come by. <laughs> so uh, with, with Oscar doing this, this is great. One last headline, though. Did um, you see this, Chris? Our boy, Ban Rodriguez, has vacated his WBC 115 title. He's going back down to 112, where he was uh, a, a force, and I expect him to still be a force at, at 112. I, initially, I was like, whoa, wait a second. Why is he doing this? You know, the last fight took a lot out of him. Um, his brother is at 115. And he's fighting Ioka on New Year's Eve. Eventually, they're going to be the last two standing. They're not going to fight each other. So, you know, Bam being a, a guy that was at 112 originally into some titles there for him to win. What's your initial thoughts on Bam going to 115, uh, excuse me, to 112? I, you know, I, I actually thought he was going to do this sooner. Um, you know, but obviously he's he's had a nice, nice run. He had the Rungvisai fight. He looked great. Um, last fight was a tough fight. It was, you know, I think maybe now he's starting to feel the size was starting to have an effect on his performance mm -hmm. goes back down to where he's more natural. Um, you know, but it does close him off to some of those bigger fights, those big money fights that were down the line, but he's so young, he's got time and you bring up an interesting point with the brother, you know, I, man, if I, I, if I were in this situation and my brother were a top level fighter, like these two guys are, I would say far away from him as well. I wouldn't want to take his shine. I wouldn't want to take from his pocket. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, honestly, it's another it's another nice, nice hearted headline. But I think it takes away from some of the big fights that we were going to see right. sooner than later. Like this now, I would have vacated, I think, Chocolatito Estrada 3, which is probably my most the fight I'm most looking forward to for the rest of the year, yeah. December 3rd. Excellent fight. That can now Excellent be for fight. the uh, WBC title. Which would be nice to add to that fight is I don't I wasn't watching anyway I think fans are watching anyway but you know throwing the green belt in there and and Bam Rodriguez uh, according to boxing scene already has a WBO flyweight title uh, fight lined up the uh, title that was vacated by Junto Nakatani so Rodriguez versus Christian Gonzalez uh, yeah I did want to see him fight I wanted to see Bam fight Chocolatito I want to see him fight some of the other names that are still remaining whoever wins the Estrada Chocolatito fight. But, you know, he, this is a guy who says he wants to, like, fight as high as 130 pounds. And he's going to be a pound-for-pound pound guy for a long time because this is what really pound-for-pound pound is, right? Jumping around weights, winning titles, being great. So if he goes to 112 for a little bit, sees what's going on there, maybe jumps up to 118. I'm interested in anything Bam does, so this is an interesting wrinkle. All right, that was headlines. Uh, some good, some bad, some weird off to a weird start or a half hour in. But now let's go over to some stability, right, Chris? Let's go to someone that won't let us down in the boxing world, Jake Paul. <laughs> Woo! Jake Yikes. Paul, Anderson Silva, this Saturday, Showtime, PPV. Dr. Mike is on the card. Are you familiar with Dr. Mike? Dr. Mike's at all the MSG fights. Whenever I'm calling, I always look over and I see him. I'm like, I mean, again, I was like, well, who is this guy? He looks familiar, looks familiar. Yep. And then he came across my IG page and I was like, oh, it's that guy. He's okay. fighting on this card. Uh, listen, it's it's Jake Paul's a sideshow, so why not bring on all the all the circus animals? Le'Veon Bell, former NFL running back, is fighting Uriah Hall, former UFC fighter. 
Wow. Yeah. It's a weird, it's that's, a weird... a, that's a tough fight for, for, for a football player. Right? Yikes. I think Uriah Hall is <laughs> yeah. going to piece him up. Oh, he's going sm- he's gonna to smoke him. Yeah. yeah, Uriah Hall can fight. It's an interesting undercard. Uh, I'm I'm excited about the main event. I, I this is a, this is fun to me. Like as long as you know what you're getting. Like Jake Paul, it's a mm-hmm. separate lane of boxing. I'm not gonna get into yes. all what Jake Paul means to the sport nonsense. It's fun. Like this is a fun fight. Like, I want to see how it plays out. I want to see what's next. I want to see what comes of it. I want to see the show. He already arrived at his fighter workout on a horse. It's fun. Boxing. It's fun. It's supposed to be fun. Do you still think? that the Jake Paul train ends this weekend and he loses to Anderson Silva. I do. I do. I mean, I've, I've looked more into it. I definitely see how Jake Paul can win the fight. Um, he's a much bigger guy than, than, um, than the guys that Silva has been fighting. Silva, I mean, he fought Chavez Jr., which was a huge upset and one that, honestly, I didn't think that Silva had enough in him to beat him. But looking back at that, Chavez was really a 60-pounder, 68-pounder. They fought at 180. I know Silva's a big guy. He cuts from around over 200 pounds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he was was the bigger man, not only taller, longer, but also just bigger in in size and, and, you know, and the kind of guys that he's been in the ring with. Jake Paul, not so much. Jake Paul's a big dude. He's he's not as tall. He's not as long, but he's very, very thick. He's heavier. He's coming down. He's his kids probably seen 220 at some point in his life. Um, you know, and he's 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 young and he's fresh. And the kid and he can crack. Take anything away from him. He is what he is, but homeboy can crack. So there's that. And then you got Silva, who's what is he gonna be 47 by the time they fight? 48? I think he is 47. Let's not age him any more than he already is. He's 47. He's 47, right. 47 with a lot, a lot of wear and tear and some, some heavy duty fights in, in his in his career. Um, but I still have hope. For my man Silva, I think he's savvy enough to avoid the early power. I don't think that Paul is busy enough no. to take advantage of some of that youth that he has. The guy just doesn't throw a lot of punches. Oh, I have and, numbers for you. Yeah, I'm sure well, you are the numbers man. But also, Silva is a southpaw. So yeah. one of Jake Paul's better punches, you know, his right hand is obviously the punch to look out for, but he throws a lot of jabs when he does actually throw. It's a lot of jabs. He throws mm-hmm. that overhand. Um, which is which is your your weapon against the southpaw? But is he going to be able to set it up the way he has with the with the other guys? I don't know. I don't think so. I think, I think the southpaw southpaw length. You got a taller, longer, slicker southpaw. Mm-hmm. Tough guy to land a right hand on. How slick is he though? Because did you see what was what came out this week? He did an interview back in September, and we know about Silva. He speaks like broken English. And he did yes. the interview in English, and he kept saying during the interview, "I got knocked out in sparring." Said it multiple times. I got knocked okay, down. Okay, so I re- I read the I read the response to that when he said that he spoke wrong. He didn't say it the right way, and okay. that, that's the. I mean, I don't know what that means exactly. I mean, I think he was trying to say that he had hard, he had hard sparring. Yep. And this was apparently back in September. It hasn't been that recent. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I mean, listen, he's been knocked out in the past anyway. He's been knocked that's out in fights. Exactly. So uh, there, there's that. It, it's 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 the question is can Paul land, and when he does, can Silva take it? Because if he that, that, that's literally the fight, yes or no. And I think if he can, he wins. I, I think, think he can. Yeah. Obviously, Jake Paul wins. I think Jake Paul can can land it. Uh, it's an eight-round fight. Uh, but regardless if Silva was knocked down or out in sparring, he was knocked out in the cage. He was knocked down in the boxing ring. His first yeah. fight, his debut, he took a body shot, and he lost. And there's an old adage in boxing. You've been knocked down once or knocked out once, you're probably going to get knocked out again. 
Uh, he's 47 years old. He does is a southpaw, like you said, and the hardest punch to land on a southpaw is a jab. Uh, Jake Paul throws a lot of jabs. I think 58% of his thrown punches are jabs, um, which is intriguing because people think he can't box. <laughs> but he actually has a, a pretty decent jab, and he, obviously that overhand right is his money punch, and that is a punch that you land on southpaws. Uh, so I'm interested in that. But going back to the busyness or the lack of busyness for Jake Paul, uh, and especially what he's seen back, Jake Paul averages about 27 punches around. That is astronomically low. Uh, the low. cruiser rate average is 50. So he's throwing 20 less punches around, even more than that. So he needs to be busier. Uh, on the other flip side of things, Chavez uh, in that last fight um, with, um, excuse me, uh, Silva in that last fight with Chavez, throwing 50 around. Busy. Can Paul time one of those punches? If if Chavez is going to come in throwing punches, doesn't really have that the punch for punch power as Paul. So I can see Paul maybe timing and and a counter shot uh, late. But one thing that really intrigues me numbers wise, the most punches Jake Paul has ever seen in a round is 36. Anderson Silva threw 134 in the final two rounds alone versus Chavez. He's never seen the power. He's never seen this the amount of punches Jake Paul that Silva is going to be throwing at him. Woodley threw nothing in that punch. Woodley in that last fight. Woodley threw 32 punches around. So I'm interested to see how Paul will deal with a southpaw. Uh, he'll deal with volume. And if he can time the volume and land something. And if he does, I think he knocks out uh, Paul. That's my official pick is is Paul by either a TKO or one of those huge knockouts that's going to suck to watch because we love Silva. But I do think Paul will win. I got I got Silva either by decision or late round stoppage. Really? Mm -hmm. Late round stoppage. Yep. I think I don't think I don't see Paul having a good gas tank. Obviously, he doesn't throw a lot of punches. He's got a bigger, longer guy. You said he's never fought somebody who threw so many punches at him. He's never fought somebody who was taller and longer than him the way that Silva is. He's never fought someone who was a southpaw. So he's got a lot of a lot of things in front of him. And he's also the the, the highest quality opponent. Again, still not a boxer. Jake Paul is after after Saturday night. I still am not going to say that he's ever fought a boxer, but he's fought someone with the most experience um, uh, to to date. But um, yeah, I just think it's going to be too much. I think I think they I think they just reached a little too far. Do you think Silva. they'll give a decision to Anderson Silva? Gravy train ended. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if not, it, it, I think it would be it could be a really really ugly black eye for for the whole situation but then they fight again and then we'll see what happens then paul probably knocks him out <laughs> uh, yeah exactly pidge in the chat bring up a question that i also wanted to ask you is jake paul better than chavez jr right now more dangerous for sure bigger and harder puncher uh um, jake paul is bigger and harder puncher than chavez not chavez yes. right now because i think he's in like rehab but i'm talking about like chavez like that we saw like as recent recent chavez in the ring Jake Paul's better yeah. than Chavez. No, the, the Chavez who um, we're talking about the Chavez who fought Silva. Um, I, I think that he's he's more dangerous. I, I'm not going to say he's he's necessarily better. I think it's a more dangerous fight for Silva. Obviously, he's got the youth and the momentum, and he's got power. 
and he's bigger. He's a, he is a much, much bigger person than Chavez Jr. I think it's hard. It's hard to put that together in your mind. I think the same thing. I look at them. I'm like, oh, no, they're about no, he's a 60 pounder. That's a big jump. Yeah, we're going we're talking about guys who are 200 plus. And yeah, sure. Chavez has gotten to 200 pounds because he, he likes to overeat. But size wise, body wise, he's not that big. He's a 60 pounder. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's a lot bigger. And size size matters, guys. Size matters. OK. All right. Chavez uh, came in at 170. Excuse me. Silva came in at 175 versus Chavez for that fight. This fight is at 189. I think that's an advantage he, he, for Silva. Yeah, he was cutting a lot of weight for that fight, too. I think it's an advantage for I Silva to do this fight at 189. Older guy yeah. doesn't have to cause much weight. Come yeah. in nice He was and cutting a lot of weight for the, the Chavez fight. I remember him fight week. Um, he actually canceled some, some interviews because he had to go make weight. So uh, I think it probably will help the older guy to not have to. And he can be fresh. And he's going to need to be. Uh, Ace wants to know, Chris, would you take on Jake Paul? No, it's too big. Absolutely not. I mean, wow. the guys again, we're talking two hundred pounds. I'm a, I'm a hundred and forty pounder. It would be. Can you? I can't even picture that in the ring. I respect the hell out of that saying no, because I think you ask any fighter of your age bracket not to age you out, but like they're like, yes, Carl Froch says he wants to come out of retirement to fight him. Our friend oh. Sergio Mora has. You know, hinted at wanting to fight him. These these older MMA guys are lining up. Nate Diaz mm-hmm. will be in attendance at this fight. GSP is on the call, so I, that's the type of guy you are. Integrity. I like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I get why those guys are saying it. First of all, those guys are all way bigger than me. <laughs> I don't know what you know. Like Carl uh, 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 Froch was a 68er. I mean, he's still in great shape. I've, I've called fights with him before. Um, you know, Carl Froch will. will if he can still fight at all, which I'm sure he can, he just mops the floor with that kid, you know, he, the size, but listen, the, the guy's 200 pounds. I'm not, it, it's not, it's not a street fight. It's a boxing match. It, you know, like, uh, that's, it would look insane to even be in the ring with a guy that big. Well, you can blow up steaks, burgers. No, uh, no, thanks. I like the way my body looks. <laughs> Ace says you can outbox him. Uh, also hard times. <laughs> Uh, boxing. My high schooler has begun following boxing due to Jake Paul. He is a circus, but he does bring new suburban kids' eyes to boxing. Ooh. I agree. I, th- I think Dan, you would. I think you and I agree on that. No, hundred percent agree. You know, I I put out a tweet earlier this week. And it was a really fun exercise, and um, I tweeted without stating your age, um, which boxer got you into the sport? Over a thousand replies, and. There were some good ones in there, and there were a lot of Jake Pauls. There was a lot of KSIs. Um, people are like, hey, I hate to admit this, but Jake Paul got me into boxing, and now I watch big fights because of that. And that's something I said will happen a lot, and everyone's like, no way. There's no way the fan, the fans that watch Jake Paul fights or KSI fights are going to eventually you know, switch over to boxing. It's not, tr- it's not true. Like You can see it in this thread. Yeah, but you know, you know who else brought a lot of fight, uh, fight fans to boxing? Rocky. Rocky's not a real he's not a real boxer but he's brought a lot of fans to this war unbelievable now honestly un- right. uncountable unfathomable numbers of of people started watching boxing because of Rocky as you say so that it, it, as you say that new. I see the thread and there's a creed someone dropped a creed picture yeah 100% I mean it, it's it's listen it's a sideshow it's a circus but again it brings eyes and it it it, it lets people under it brings the people into the fold they see how great the sport is. They see it with the, the guys who are really doing it, the champions. They start looking into the past. Listen, if you have been in, in round boxing and you're not a fan, I, something's wrong with you, I guess, because it, it really is the best sport in the yeah. world. Yeah, my my, I was down and out from the Spence stuff, and I put that th- tweet out there, and it kind of restored my faith in terms of like, 
how beautiful the sport is and like how it's passed down from generation to generation. There was a lot of people in that thread saying my dad showed me a you know Sugar Ray Leonard fight. My dad showed me Salvador Sanchez fight. You know, my dad, I was at Ali's debut. A bunch of people replied. It was an awesome thread. Um, who, who's the fighter that got you into, into boxing? Well, it was my grandfather. It wasn't even a single fighter. Right. I didn't really have a choice. I kind of grew up. The first sport I ever remember watching was boxing. So that's, wow. yeah, I wasn't any, any one particular fighter. But I think the guy that, probably my first memory of hearing about a fighter and then kind of looking into him historically was Alexis Arguello. Mm. So... I would say I'd probably give it to him. He gets the crown. Yeah. Uh, what's yours, Ronnie? First boxer. It's probably Mayweather. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of Mayweather answers in there. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. was the guy. He was everywhere. He was he was yeah. in every – he crossed over. He's in WWE. He was like – Yeah, yeah. Mine is uh, Toro Gotti. Um, mm -hmm. I went to a lot of his fights as a kid. Like, my dad would take me to Atlantic City. Um, close second would be uh, Hamed. You know, being yes, at, Nazim. Being at his fight against Kevin Kelly, ten years old. Oh, the flashing flash yeah. is one of my favorite fights. Dude, I was ten years old at that fight at Mass at the theater and Hamed comes in, flips over the top rope. He had the you know, he was dancing, and then he could fight, and that fight was awesome. Uh yeah, that was the my two. That was a, fu a fun exercise, that that thread and, and uh it kind of restored my faith a little bit. But yeah, so uh, Paul Silva is probably the, the the bigger fight this weekend it's on Showtime pay per view. I'm riding with Paul by KO. Chris, it's what's your official pick? Silva. The, Silva decision. The Silva decision. I wouldn't mm -hmm. actually be that shocked because if they it turns into a fencing match and like the Woodley fight, the second Woodley fight sucked. It was, it was, well, the first one was the split decision. Like, yeah. It was a very it was a close fight, and he had and he had uh, Silva uh, Paul hurt. And the second fight, yes, absolutely sucked until the KO. And yeah, it did. And so if this turns into something like that, where I don't think Jake Paul's going to magically learn how to throw more than 28 punches round and be fluid in there, he's looking for that one big shot, and, and Silva presses the action, then maybe we can get it. If Silva fights like, hey, I just want to reach that eighth round and see what happens, then I can see a decision. I can see it going towards uh, uh, that direction. All right, so that's Paul Silva talk. We're moving on to a oof, a lightning rod in the boxing world. Uh, we talked about it last week. Vasily Lomachenko is back. Um, he's turning 35 in February. It's been 320 days since his last fight. Uh, that's when he beat, was it Nakatani? No, it was uh, Comey. He fought Nakatani Comey. and Comey coming off of the shoulder surgery. Both were, both were good performances. Good performances. Um, a lightning rod in the sport. You got people saying he's overrated. You got people saying he's one of the all-time greats. He is someone that top rank likes to really push with the underwater videos and the putting the tennis ball on his head and the matrix. And I think that kind of feeds into it, Chris. Like, I think fans think that he kind of shoved down your throats a little bit. But you can't deny that he makes fun fights. He is still very good. And this fight, he, should he get past Jermaine Ortiz, which I think we both agree he will, a big fight looms, a massive fight looms with, with Devin Haney. Um, I know you're a Loma guy. Yeah, I like Loma. Um, more so now than, think than ever, he's really grown on me. I, I was, after the TFMO bout, which I, I called for, for the ESPN world, world feed, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I was like, wow, T.O. is the man. He really looked great that night. I, I had T.O. winning the fight. He really shut off Lomachenko, especially early on. Loma battled back, won a bunch of those late rounds, but just well, wasn't enough. He started too late. And then 
you know, we started talking about the shoulder and I was just like, ah, I don't like when guys come out after they lose and say, right. but then he gets the shoulder, sh shoulder surgery, comes back and fights Nakatani who gave Tiafimo hell. And I mean, looked awesome. Looked as good as he ever has mm -hmm. completely dominates and stops him, drops him, stops him. Very hard thing to do. Cause Nakatani was, uh, you know, he had been down before, but he always gets up and he always roars back and he could punch and, yeah. and all that. I was very, very impressed. Richard Comey is a guy that I sparred with a, a few dozen times. He's a hell of a puncher. He's a great fighter. Very, very tough guy. And Loma uh, toyed with him. He, he controlled him. He, he had him hurt. I thought he could have stopped him. I honestly thought he let him off the hook. And, um, yeah, he looked he looked phenomenal in that fight as well. I mean, I think, I think Loma's back. Does age and inactivity play a mm -hmm. factor? Absolutely. But... I don't know. I think Lomachenko is, is special, and I, I think uh, I'm, I'm excited when he's back. I think it's good for the sport when he's fighting. Definitely good for the sport. Fighting back in New York, Ace says, "Do you see? Do you guys see Lomachenko slowing down at all?" Not. We haven't seen him, so we don't know. That's true. We haven't seen him in the ring in a while. Um, again, he looked great in the Comey fight. He looked good in the Nakatani fight, but you know, between the war in Ukraine, missing out on great windows of, to to fight last spring, hasn't been in the ring for going to be almost a year by the time he fights. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, we're gonna see. He was supposed to fight. Loma was the front runner to fight Cambosos, but opted to stay in Ukraine, which is very respectable. So yep. now he can, you know, Haney wins the two fights. Loma comes back. Haney Loma. I, I I expect Haney to be in attendance on Saturday night. Um, to to really build this up as something that I love the UFC does. Like they, once the fight's over, they have the next opponent like in the cage. I think that's very important for marketing, very important for fans to know what's next. But just some Loma numbers for you guys. 18.6 uh, plus minus rating. That's number one in all of boxing. Tied with Shakur Stevenson, which just showed you how good Stevenson is. 18.6 plus minus rating. Loma probably has fought better opposition than, than Stevenson. Uh, Loma has landed 48% of his power punches. That's number one among all active fighters. 37% of his total punches. That's number two behind Benavidez. He lands 6.7 jabs per round, which is top 10. Loma opponents land just 18.3 of their total punches. That's the third uh, best defender in all of boxing. And then one more number for you that I think is really interesting that's going to come into play in this fight. He will be fighting his eighth consecutive opponent in which he has a lesser height and reach. And his 13th straight opponent who is either taller or has a longer wingspan. So he's constantly fighting guys bigger than him. He's probably a featherweight, and he's fighting at 135. Jermaine Ortiz is one inch taller and has a four-inch uh, reach and edge. Shout-out to Lee Groves, our researcher at CompuBox, who puts together all these numbers. He's, he's the best. But, yeah, Loma fighting bigger guys and Jermaine Ortiz. Like, does he have a shot in this fight? No, but heavy on Loma. This guy uh, beat Herring, uh, fought Adorno. You know, it was a back-and-forth type of fight. Are you giving Jermaine Ortiz any type of shot in this fight? No. Simple answer, no. But the kid can fight. The kid, I've been watching him for a number of years. He just doesn't have the experience at this level. Uh, Loma, Loma, similar to Pacquiao, when I was preparing to fight Pacquiao, I always say the hardest, the hardest thing about fighting Pacquiao is preparing for Pacquiao because there's no one who fights like him. There's no way to mimic his style. Lomachenko is the same way. How do you find sparring for, for Lomachenko? And I think with, with Ortiz not being an, in such high-level fights or really any kind of high-level fights other than the Herring fight, um, this is this is a big ask and a very, very, very tall hill to climb. 
and Loma has been on a tear. I mean, honestly, I feel like with everything going on in Ukraine and what he'd done over there, he's coming back roaring. He's got to be, have so, so much momentum, so much, so much desire and drive in him. Um, He's the kind of guy I feel like that would, that would turn that into, into uh, momentum and, and, and to a positive. Yeah, he's he said since he's you know since he moved up to 135s, I want to be undisputed. I want to have all the belts. He has every freaking accomplishment you could possibly have: fastest to win a title, uh, best maybe best amateur of all time, uh, you know, gold medals, this that gold and the medals, other, man. gold medals, this that and the other, you know, you know, huge wins to start off his career, and obviously had that that loss to um, Tifimo, but. There's people out there that say, well, first seven rounds, he didn't throw any punches, blames his shoulder. Last five, six rounds, he started throwing punches. So what is it? Were you injured or are you not? roared back. Right. So I I understand, like, some of the haters because there are a lot of – there's people that just don't – they think he's overhyped. But I I, I don't see it. Um, I I don't see it that way. I think there's there's just fans being fans and being upset the way that Loma's marketed. They think that – some of my favorite fighters should be pushed the same way ESPN pushes them, pushes Loma. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised because we talked about this before about you know people thinking that he's overhyped. I'm surprised to hear that. I I, I thought everyone was kind of universal that he was he was the man, but We're apparently not universal on anything. Uh, boxing fans. Yeah, that's 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 a very fair point. But uh, yeah, no, I'm 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 on the Loma train, and I have been have been for a while. And uh, I think especially with this, like I said, his last couple of fights, I thought he looked uh, he looked great and, and revitalized, really. Do you Who do you like in, in Loma versus Haney? Because I think that's nice. I, I, we, we spoke about that on air. I think that's a that's a, a good fight and a fight that I really want to see. And I think stylistically and body body type and age, I think Haney gives him a lot of trouble yeah. and, and could potentially upset him. I think he's got a better chance than a lot of the other guys to beat Loma. And you say upset him, which is probably right. I th- I'm interested to see the odds on that. And uh, I think a lot of people can I make think, a lot I of money that night. I think Loma would be the favorite with any of them. You know, I, just on, on pure numbers. But I think that, Like over Davis. Um, yeah, I think I, I believe that Loma would be the betting favorite on, on all of What about of Shakur? Guys. Shakur's, a, I think, because of the weight class and coming up and hasn't been in with that level like no one's been in with that level of guy because there is there is no other guy that's that level with Lomachenko but um that's another interesting fight too I I feel like their defense would be they would cancel out a good fight the two of them would you know they're they're so they're so adept, defensively adept it would be the only fight in history where nobody lands a punch <laughs> oh the only <laughs> fight where a fighter a championship fight where a fighter did not land a punch was uh Vinny Pazienza versus Roy Jones Roy Jones Jr. Yeah. yeah Pazienza well, there is the punches. legend that Willie the, uh, Willie Pep yeah. Will the Wisp won was, a round without without landing a punch, but that was like no leather punches. helmets and what? No punches were what? landed. No punches were landed on Roy Jones in a championship fight against. Uh, he fought Vinny Pazienza and Joe Rogan uh, brought it up on the podcast. He said in the history of CompuBox, it was like a big thing, and that's like something Roy Jones. I've asked Roy Jones about it, and he loves that stat. It's crazy. He he loves I mean, having it's crazy. that. Crazy. In his prime, yeah, too. Vinny, Vinny, Vinny Pez was a multiple-time world champion. Yeah. Couldn't lend a punch on prime Roy Jones. Oh, we got it. Yeah, we got to get Ronnie on the Roy Jones train. Yeah. You know, bro. you ever see uh, Can't Be Touched music video? No. Ooh, bro. You will run through a wall. Yeah. It'll be a Ronnie-sized 
outprint of a wall <laughs> in this office after watching Can't Be Touched. It's a compilation of his like best moments. Yeah, it's like cartoonish what he can do. Really, what he, what Ronnie he can't do Roy anymore. Jones Jr. Roy Jones Jr. is the virtuoso of what boxing can be. No one has ever. There's never been a Roy. There never will be a Roy. He has the best highlight in the history of of the sport. Yeah, like ball I mean, low it's, punches. It's, Wow, yeah, he's he's Michael Jordan. He's he's wow. everybody. He is yeah. he's, oh he's the absolute goat in terms of physical ability. His, t- yeah. his his physical talent and gifts off the charts. And what he did that was really cool is he started his career at one fifty four, uh, one sixty. He won a title at one sixty, and then he won a title at heavyweight. Only what? fighter to ever do that. He beat uh, mm-hmm. John Ruiz, who wasn't the best. Who was a legit heavyweight? Who was a legit champion? I mean, he wasn't yeah, the best but he guy wasn't around, like but, the best but, guy at the time. But no. still. For it be a middleweight to go all the way up, and then like he stuck around too long, which a lot of these guys do. But like Prime Roy, and then getting it all at HBO, like at the dinners and stuff. Like I was always star, like constantly starstruck. Even though I had hung out with him and like gone to the dinners at the HBO before the fights, like dozens, maybe even more times. But every time you walk in, you just stop. You're like, oh, crap, it's Roy, it's Roy Jones, and like get to have dinner with him. He's he's awesome, and he's doing good stuff too. He's still around. Um, fought mike tyson in the exhibition hopefully mm. don't see any more of that um that's it although really. I, although I, I did enjoy that i enjoyed that oh that i little... enjoyed the hell out of it I had tyson I, on the I show enjoyed that a lot i had tyson on the show it was awesome that was like that was also like peak covid like we weren't getting anything yeah mm-hmm. so to see mike oh, tyson, that guy <laughs> oh that, <laughs> that guy yes <laughs> oh okay i remember seeing who was a shell of his former the, self they look like two uncles at a barbecue just duking it out. <laughs> That's it. Really was like a, a prime example of the aging process. Yeah, That's good. It did, it was it was fun to watch. It was funny because they both looked past their primes. But yeah, so that's an I, understatement. I, that that name did sound familiar to me. So I need to see prime for guys like me and Dan. Like that was really awesome. Like oh, that yeah. they were the they were the heyday. Like our prime watching years, boxing years, are coming up is like. And because of our age group, those '90s yeah. guys, I mean, you couldn't you couldn't have a better matchup. They almost fought. They they came close to fighting. They never fought in their primes. No, oh. they came close yeah. though. Jones went a different different route. Um, Dan Roy Jones. I mean, we're gonna watch Roy Jones highlights okay. as as, yeah. as we leave here. Um, this guy Pidge said I might be a Brit, but it was sad to see him get KO'd uh, by Massinorelli. Yeah, it was sad yeah. to see him knocked out by. He was getting knocked out as recent as like 2017. Oh my goodness! Yeah, bro. Bad knockout. <laughs> oh These guys don't Multiple. know when to stop. They need to. Yeah. No. Like I remember interviewing yeah, Matt, Jim Lampley a... about it. He was Jim Lampley was brought to tears. Like Jim Lampley will cry over pretty much anything, but he was brought to yeah, tears. Yeah, he's, he's he's a bit of a crier. <laughs> he's a crier. <laughs> he was brought to tears at this idea of Roy still fighting, getting knocked out. Oh no! Got knocked out in that second fight against the um, Tarver. Not Tarver. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that, I mean Tarver. that was still that, that was, was that was still like a a fight. You know, it was. That was the first. That was the first time. Then Glenn Johnson got him. Um, well, the Tarver fight was also too. him coming. He went to heavyweight. He went one seventy five. Then he went to heavyweight. And then he went back down to one seventy five, which yeah. he said he was a big. Beat, mistake. He beat Tarver. Beat Tarver. Then, yeah. Oh no. He uh, he went to heavyweight. Then he fought Tarver. And then he had the rematch. Yeah, he went back. Down. He went from two whatever he was in the in the Ruiz fight, which is over two hundred. Went back down to one seventy five for the rematch and then that's what did him in right for the, and he was never the yeah, same and after then he that. got he got starched in that fight and then he came back and glenn johnson the road warrior knocked him out bad <sighs> um and then he kept we kept moving up and fight fought over in russia he got knocked out by some 
tough Russian guy. That I remember, I remember that Masternelli fight when it was announced. I was like, oh, that guy's way too good and big. Mm. It's a bad, bad, bad fight. Lastly, before we say goodbye, uh, Zapata versus Diaz, which I think will be the fight of the weekend. Um, William Zapata throws 92 punches around, go along with his 92% knockout rate. Um, he's a whirlwind, and Jojo Diaz, damn good, but needs a win badly. A lot easier to hit Jojo. Uh, his last two fights, he's getting hit with almost 40% power. So you got a guy that throws close to 100 punches around versus a guy that's been getting tagged a bunch. I think that's going to be the fight of the weekend, um, Zapata and Diaz. I agree. I think that's a that's a can't miss good fight. Um, I've been, I was watching some Zapata. That that guy throws. He just comes forward. He throws and he can bang. He can punch. Um, Jojo, obviously, he's also an aggressive guy. Comes forward, throws a lot of punches, but he's he's got slickness to him. And I mean, he's a dog. He is a scrappy dog of a fighter. Um, he finds ways. He's got to sell out. Though. This is he's got to sell. He doesn't, but that's not really his style. But he's got it um, though. He's coming off. He of might losses. have enough. Yeah. Well. I mean, he, he can win the fight. He's got enough to do it. I think he actually is going to squeak it out. Hmm. Um, but this is one of those, like, crossroads, yeah. age, young, young undefeated puncher, you know, guy who's been around for a little bit, really needs to step on the gas. But you also don't know what JoJo you're going to get. Is That's the guy going to be in shape? You know, it, when 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 he's when he's locked in, when he fought Tevin Farmer, man, that was that guy was a problem. Yeah, that was a long time ago. But then you got the guy ago. who – that was a long time ago. And then you got the guy who, who doesn't make weight – when he definitely can, mm-hmm. he's not even a 35 pounder. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's what Jojo shows up. Yeah. Uh, hard times boxing. Max Kellerman also cried on there when Miguel Cotto retired. I was at that actually at that night when Miguel Cotto retired, I was in his locker room before I shed a tear a little bit. Cotto like means a lot to New Yorkers means a lot to boxing. Um, that's the show, everybody. Really good stuff this week. We covered a lot of ground. Uh, ridiculous headlines. <laughs> we got the good, the bad, the ugly. We got Jake Paul fights. Ro- Ronnie's gonna watch Rocky maybe this weekend. Oh yeah, pop it in. Pop it in with your girl. I. That's the plan. We're gonna make T-shirts. Let's say that. Yeah, yeah. Pop it in. Pop it in. Um, I saw you like kind of jump up at some point. What was that? Was that? It was football. Um, oh, what happened? Kadarius Tony got traded to the Chiefs. Oh wow! Yeah, watch him go off now for the Chiefs. I just picked him up for our fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> JM Hot Boys fantasy team. Uh, me and Ronnie in the in the office pool here. We're five and two, Chris. Oh, all right, all right. We're gunning. Also, like I also saw on Twitter. I have it open here before we say goodbye. Goodbye. New York Post was hacked. No way. And they reported that Biden and wow. AOC got assassinated. No way. Oh, shit. Like, I looked at the corner of my eye. We were talking about Silva versus Paul, and I look over the corner of my eye, and I see New York Post right now. I click on it, and Chris, you're, like, making a point about why Silva's going to win, and I see the New York Post has been hacked. We're currently investigating the cause. They tweeted out wow. They tweeted out violent messages about AOC and Joe Byron. I don't feel as bad that my Instagram was hacked a few months ago because if they're getting if they're getting level <laughs> they're getting that good at it they can get the New York Post and I don't know we, we we don't stand a chance. There was a tweet that said the New York Post tweeted we must assassinate AOC for America. Good lord, Jesus. Good lord, oh Jake Paul God. save us. Jake Paul save us. Bring us back to normalcy. This country. Jake Paul knocks out Anderson Silva. It's my final words. Chris, you have any final words? Uh, yo, Silva, Silva all day. I'm with, I'm back in my, I'm back in my dude. For the old heads, Silva all day. All right, everybody, that's the show this week. Thank you so much for joining. As always, uh, keep your hands up at all times. Protect yourselves at all times. We out.